Ow! Hi everyone, Matthew here. Just a little note before we start. I've noticed on our statistics website that there are less downloads for our bonus episode of our end of series one wrap up. It may be because we released two episodes on the same day. So more people have downloaded the quiz than our wrap-up episode, which was a little bit more insightful than just us uh, bandying a few silly questions around. So if you fancy going back and listening to that, if you missed it, please do. Do subscribe, and that should help see which episodes you've listened to and maybe which ones you haven't. Anyway, thanks for listening, and on with the show. So... What is it? So what is it? So what is it? The Red Dwarf Podcast! (laughs) Oi, what's happening dudes? Welcome to another episode... Of so what is it? A Red Dwarf podcast. <laughs> Here with me, Matthew. Me, Matty. Me, Dan. And me, Matt. There we go. Excellent. So that was my introduction today. I thought it was a... I mean, that was a funny line, right? I was put in mind of, wow. do, of do the Bartman by the Simpsons. Me hey, what's happening, dude? And the guy with the rep for being rude. Uh, was that about then? I mean, it, I, it was hilarious when he cropped up and went, oi, what's happening? Oi. I mean, he went, oi, what's happening, dudes? <laughs> Oh, that's very funny. Right, we've just so we've just watched Better Than Life. So um, let's let's do a quick round and, and and find out general feelings from from everyone. Dan, how did you feel about Better Than Life? I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it was another good episode. It was it was uh, everyone was strong in it again. I thought one or two exceptions. I'm sure will come up in a little bit. They've taken they taken the story on the road. So we got new sets, got new scenes. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought um, particularly we just touched on on Holly. He's, uh, he's 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 properly part of the crew now. He doesn't need to come in with an announcement. He can just pop up and all right, dudes. <laughs> all right, dudes. <laughs> yeah. Matty, how'd you get on? Do not know. I did like it. It was very very different in comparison to the other episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's very going to new places. Isn't yeah, it? very much so. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy this one. Matt, any first words? My favourite episode that I've watched so far, I oh, think. That's good. I think. Lots of lo- lots of laughs. High praise indeed. Yeah, lots of laughs, lots of um things that made me just um I actually got t- I got shushed. I was laughing too loudly. My other half shushed me because right. I was laughing too loudly. Was he watching as well? No, he was just is, is he not joining you on this quest? Well, I did say he could and then <laughs> every defined. every time when I've I've said right I'm going to watch Red Dwarf now he's been doing something so it's like well you know you snooze you lose or, whereas you know, I have to tie Becky up and make her clockwork orange it you know do so, you yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chloroform at the ready yeah do, uh, do you feel that might influence how she how she perceives each episode I imagine she enjoys it more because of that um, but I enjoyed it as well. I mean, I may have to, I hopefully have to stop asking this because I think, I mean, me and Dan actually got together and managed to watch this episode. Together? To, yeah, together. That's not allowed? Um, it's, it's that perfectly is allowed. not allowed. I feel like I've been cheating. Oh, it's perfectly allowed. It's graceful. And we're, I was saying, from, from now on, for quite a while, I don't think there is a bad episode. You know, so. so oh, you're setting this up. I am setting up, now. but I, I think for quite a while, if we've liked it this far, 
we should be liking all the well, episodes. This is what I mean. I will say the same as I did last week. It feels a lot more like the Red Dwarf that I remember. Mm. You know, um, it's it seems to be more energy, um, more fast paced. It's even some put to the point of being slightly more slapstick as well. Yeah, but um, just just better quality. Yeah, I mean there may be some variance, but I think generally, I don't think we're going to come away from many episodes and and say I didn't like that one. Do you know what I mean? I would no. hope so, anyway. But anyway, let, let's um, let's move on to, to bits and bobs that we found. So let's um, let's have a look at some of the characters. Dan just mentioned Holly, uh, as as he says. Yeah, he is just popping up and getting on with it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a classic again at the start mm-hmm. when the letters arrive. I yeah. mean, what do you think of Gordon, Matty? All right, Hull. That that was my <laughs> that was my line. That was my funniest bit of the episode. <laughs> no, it was, and the bit that made me laugh at the end is the chess moves. It was like so he was winning. Well, that was the first move. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that. That was what was written down as my highlight of the episode. Funniest part for me. Yeah, I mean, the only downside for me, I, I guess, is I, I, I was reminiscing. I think this was my entry point into Red Dwarf. I think this was one of the first. Uh, this is where I recorded the first one of telly and started watching it. So I've watched this over and over. This one from the very start. So mm. all the surprises in it are not surprises. So I'm trying to put myself in the position of, well, what if someone's watching this for the first time? You know what? What are they getting out of it? So it is good to hear what you think about it. But it is always oh, an awesome intellect. <laughs> all right, all right, Hulk. <laughs> and it was so, the perfect... an IQ of eight thousand. Yeah. And it was the perfect thing of the end of the voicemail, wasn't it? The it was the perfect yeah, yeah. The, te- the teacher type thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Good. That was hilarious. No, like that. Uh, chance to lock horns with an intellect of that calibre. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were. I think that joke about it being the first move i think i i, I saw that one coming and there were a few jokes in the, in this episode that i did see coming and not just because i've seen it before i probably did at the time but do you know what they were delivered so well i still laughed out loud yeah. it's a hard it's it a hard thing to judge when you know it is coming whether, whether other people can see it coming isn't it because it feels obvious because you know it's a bit like the outland revenue one when he's saying oh eight thousand whatever he owes and he goes how are you going to afford to play that well it, I'm not. It's yours. It's sort of like, yeah. Do you can did you see it coming that one or, or not? No, I don't think so. I don't no. think I did see it coming. What do you mean? Just because we're three million years into deep space and the human species is extinct? That means nothing to these people. They'll find us. Yeah, it was just. It was. Yeah, it was kind of bizarre. That was. That's but, why it's good to have a different perspective. Because, yeah, but because, it was. Yeah. It was the other things in the post that I really liked. Like the triangular video cassette and the space yeah. re- the, the space remake of Casablanca, and yeah. um, that really made me laugh. Another another footballer, yeah, yeah, Peter Beersley. It's the <laughs> definitive edition, definitive version, of Peter Beersley. But how come the zero G tape was not, was rectangular? Triangular. No, no, the the zero G one was a normal video cassette. Oh yes, it was, yeah. isn't it? But the others were triangular. But, the, but before that, it was the, the Scutter's Cupboard uh, with like the pictures of John Wayne. Yeah. I really laughed at that as well. Well, that ties into you liking them watching the, the Western the cinema. I mean, there's a few things in this I noticed that, that tied into past stuff from the first series. Yeah, yeah the, continuity. The John, John Wayne stuff, the, uh, the, um, the, the, well, cooking, I suppose, the chef stuff. <gasps> One thing, things. though, of, I had a real childhood flashback when at the very start uh, Rim has been cooking and Holly is drinking something out of a blue bottle and I was like I remember Lister you're right sorry Lister is drinking what would have been milk of magnesia Laxo (laughs) milk of magnesia from a blue bottle (laughs) and I was like I remember having that as a child chalky 
liquid that tasted of mint. It was vile. It was, so but it was mint as in chewing gum or as in ground beef. Yeah, I, yes, I do realise it. Mint, not oh, as right. not mint as in beef. Yeah. I don't remember enjoying the taste of it either way, regardless. Of oh, what I know. Not very nice stuff, was no, it? No, no Calpol around when we were kids, was it? No, not that good cherry stuff. Vile. Vile. Cherry stuff. But um, we're starting off with Holly with his tagline. I think this is personally one of the few didn't quite works of the episode, the, the being so far away from a Bernie Inn. 16 billion miles from the nearest Bernie Inn. I oh. liked that. Oh, um, good. Well, I'm, maybe I've got one question here, though. What's a Bernie Inn? What's a Bernie Inn? <laughs> 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 what, what, well, what do you think a Bernie Inn is? <laughs> I'm guessing it's a like a is it like a Weatherspoons or I would have thought it was like a travel lodge, like a it? beef eater. I thought was it a Bernie Inn? It was. I think it was a, like a sort of steakhouse it's restaurant. A, a, a it's classed as being. I think in the seventies when they were at their sort of zenith, it was like the height of contemporary good dining. Oh right, okay. but it had become very passe by the late eighties, and I think they've disappeared altogether now. Am I right? I think yeah, it's yeah, like an yeah. Aberdeen Steakhouse. I think you won't find many of those left. Yeah, um, it's probably one of the few places at that point where you could drink wine socially without having to do it under a bridge or something. I think you know this is this. It really did date it as a reference. There were one or two mm. again. Um, there was a Brook Shields reference. Yeah, no, I know yeah. Brook Shields. Yes, um, Matty, any idea Brook Shields? No any clue. Place? No clue at all. <laughs> well, look her up on the inter- <laughs> look her up on the internet. I'm sure you'll find it. Oh, oh, I, I, <laughs> I, do you know what? As we're doing this, I'm going to Google Brook. Brook Shields, you said. Oh Brook Shields buttocks. Oh, she has massive eyebrows as well. When they bring up the blue lagoon. Blue oh, lagoon. That's Brook Shields. Blue lagoon. Blue, blue lagoon. That's Brook Shields, isn't it? Okay, no, I see. So Brook Shields is someone who used to be attractive. She was in an episode of Friends, wasn't she? When she yeah. thought that Joey was the real, was really Doctor Drake Ramore. She was attractive, but wasn't she? Was there something about her being celibate or something for a while? Or? Uh, she was a bit. She, she was virginal, wasn't she? I, I think it was the, the reference was uh, it was it was like Venus's arms, Brookshield's buttocks, i.e., things that you just can't can't get hold of. Oh, so but I thought I, I, I have a feeling that she particularly sort of like didn't. Well, in that case, she then, was no sex before marriage celeb. Well, in that case, then that would make sense of what you just said about her being, you know. Yeah, I, I, may, be, I may be wrong. She might be celibate, you know, celibate here, <laughs> celibate there. I don't think she'll be now, to be honest. But yeah, but that was um, that was. I, I didn't think it was the greatest line ever to start with, but we'll we'll skirt over that. If you liked it, that's brilliant. I liked it. That's good. That's good. So, um, so Holly had a few cool quiz. I mean, there's, there's a good few Holly moments. Personally, it's just great when he turns up with jam smeared on his head. Oh. <laughs> Late, later, yes. I know we're skipping on to the end of the episode, but yeah. that's just hilarious when he's part of that. Yeah, <laughs> that was very. You can't well take him anywhere, can you? No, no. Oh dear, that's Not how he showed up in the golf course and that sort yeah. of like TV on a stand type yeah. of thing that you have at school. And he had the hanky on his head. Yeah, this little yeah. I think it was CGI'd on or something, or whatever the equivalent was. I mean, there was some questionable CGI in this one. Well, for well the not time. CGI, but effects. I was, yeah. th- I was thinking the effects were all right. I mean, did you look at the car on the beach? You could literally see a blue outline. Well, yeah, that's okay. not okay. CGI. That's that that's, was no, that's, that's overlay of some kind, isn't it? But, yeah, that's all blue screen yeah. stuff. But, yeah. but I don't know. No, right, okay, so I didn't understand this. Okay, so they obviously um, CG'd or blue screened whatever this car onto the beach, right? But then he gets into the car on the beach. It's to make yeah, it appear. It, to make it appear. Yeah, to make it appear and make it transfer from the one car to the other because it appears as a Reliant Robin and changed into a... Was it an MG? Uh, E-type, no, E-type Jag. Jag, yeah. Okay. But surely if they actually had the car, they could just transition and then... 
I would imagine it would be a lot easier to put the car in because the process of get, changing the cars over would disturb all the sand and all that sort of business, oh, okay, maybe. maybe. And the, we- the weather and stuff like that. Because, I mean, this scene, having watched documentaries and stuff, the, as you can see, the weather was horrendous. I mean, it wasn't exactly yeah. better than life, was it? I wonder what beach they would have used as well. I remember thinking that at the time. And, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Matt's Fact Corner. Oh, <laughs> I have the information in this. Uh, the beach scenes were shot on Ryle Beach in Wales. OK, I've heard of that, yeah. Well, the weather was awful, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. windy. Shout out to the people of Ryle, you know, if, and if you're listening, happy thoughts. And at the time, they um, angered some of the locals because they had to clear the area because a lot of the locals were sunbathing at the time. They weren't filming. sunbathing. Sunbathing? They yeah, did you see what the weather was like? Yeah, this is what they said. Um, and the second time they went to go back, they had to... The reason they're on the golf course... They wanted to go back to the beach, but the locals wouldn't allow them to film as there were too many people sunbathing, so they did it on a golf course instead. I liked the, the bit on the golf course. I thought it was just a really good touch. But I have to rewind slightly back to pr- prior to them going into the... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, fine. We, we're, we're all over the place into, here at the moment. Into the game. The news, the 27th of Galgov. Uh, funky, uh, groovy Channel 27. Yeah, that's it, groovy Channel 27. <laughs> oh, that was the other callback, because he mentioned that in the first series, in funky, groovy Channel 27. It was just the way that she was doing it, and... and how she looked like very typical of an of a, an eighties newsreader, and that I, I, I was howling at that, and that was that was the bit I got told to shush. Yeah, that's great. That's a great <laughs> joke. I mean, again, one that's a joke that's been there for years in my mind. So watching it now, it's sort of like it doesn't feel like a new joke somehow. But that's just my my anger on it because I've seen it so many times. I think to my darling Candy. All characters portrayed within this book are fictitious and all resemblance to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. But um, yeah, I love funky, groovy Channel 27. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The 27th of Galdolf. Yeah, yeah. Dan, you got a, a, a line you want to pull out of this episode as a particular favourite? You know what? Uh, there was a bit... Cat actually comes into that. Uh, there, were t- there were two times where Cat comes in and... and in the first half of the episode, it felt like he was just popping up to make a gag again. But he wasn't um, in it until then, 13 minutes in, I think I noted. Yeah, and he, and he just popped up a couple of times when he first started, and it was just popping up to do a gag. And I was like, oh, you know, last episode, they were making so much more of him. But do you know what? He popped up and he did the joke. He did two excellent jokes uh, for me. Uh, he was When he turned around to try and console Rimmer, he goes, it's party time for the worms. <laughs> There's just no consoling him. I just, that was a great joke. Uh, but but then he comes up uh, and he says, Hey man, I'm so hungry, I just have to eat. Rimmer's dad's died. I prefer chicken. They yeah. were two killer jokes. For yeah. me, I absolutely loved them. Um, but yeah, for, Cat was just coming up to make gags at that point. He got he, into it, obviously. He took episode. a long while to enter the, enter the um, episode. But I, I think once again, once he was in it, he was with them. Me and Kat are going to play the game. Then yes. he went off with Lister. And then they were dining together, you know. And so he was in it, and the golf course stuff. Once he was there, he was there and part of the crew, wasn't he? So, mm-hmm. so that was good. I mean, um, again, watching it with Becky, I mean, comment she made at the end was, it feels like they are the characters they're supposed to be now. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's high praise indeed. Yeah, yeah. Sp- speaking of characters, I have a very big question here. Go for it. Where was Crichton? <gasps> da, da, da. Now you have just stolen my big bugbear oh, of, of the episode. Well, it's not stolen. It's just, just it was my number one thing on my list, yeah, because obviously he at the end of the episode, he, a big entry for that character, he goes off on his bike. He hasn't gone to another... He hasn't gone to another ship. Or Maybe he's anything. cleaning somewhere in the ship. Yeah, but the thing is, is that he's not referred to at all. No. 
But of course, that's sitcom style, isn't it, that we've talked about before, that you get to an end of a show and then that's forgotten about, move on to the next thing. It's not a continuing story in that sense, is it? I suppose so. No, it's just weird that they put so much effort into introducing a character to the next episode, pretending he doesn't exist, almost. At least, you would have thought they'd at least put a line in somewhere. Something to say, he's off cleaning, or we can't find him. Yeah, Something like that. That's what I mean. I think you're talking about it in the sense of a, a drama, in a character being introduced, where it's, to all intents and purposes, it's not that, is it? It's just, that's the thing for that particular episode. Hmm. I suppose so. I mean, we know he comes back, so this is what's in our minds. So we, yeah. so we feel like that character's been introduced in that, in that way. What do you think? It's not very good from the point of view of continuity, certainly not. I wondered, though, if it was a case of that episode was made first, was made before, and they switched the, the order around. But I just think it's, it's peculiar that a character whose name was the title of the first episode, and he, he was with them at the end of, of that first episode, obviously, on The Red Dwarf, He's not referred to at all. So I wonder if they just reordered the, the story and then put the bit at the start of episode one about Holly saying that they'd been going on for, what, however, two years or three years or whatever. I wondered if they did that. Uh, but but I, just, I don't think it was very good for the point of continuity, but that was the only thing I disliked about the episode. Mm, OK, I didn't, uh, didn't... I suppose knowing what's coming up, I didn't think about it like that as, as such. Just took it for what it was. I was just going to say, I think that it's entirely conceivable that they wrote that episode with Crichton wherever it appeared in the sequence in their original conception, but didn't necessarily know they were going to get renewed for a third, and they thought they'd done what they needed to do with Crichton. So when they did get renewed, it was like, okay, what can we add now? Let's come back to that character. So, you know, you don't necessarily know... Not all the concepts are carried on. Some of them are really, really well. And some of them, you know, I think we've already made the point that we're already seeing some throwbacks to season one. That's um, true. That's that's very true. And it might have been that the actor that was playing Crichton might not have been available for that particular mm. um, filming time. Hmm. Also, did someone just say that you didn't see him again until season three? I didn't say that. Oh, OK. I thought someone said we didn't see him again until season three then. I was thinking, what? Is that true? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> well, just to stop having this ten minutes every time, every week. Is yeah, that where's Crichton? Is that so you, don't, you don't see Crichton again until series three? No. So, and, no. and is that the only time that that guy ever played Crichton on that win that one episode? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say, you're a total smithhead. Right. So, Matt, have, have you got a particular thing you liked? A, a, a one particular line? I did really like the fact that. Rimmer can't even be happy in a game that is meant to provide your sort of deepest fantasies, you know, and be better than life. You know, he manages his dream car and it's a reliant Robin and then he has to sort of make it change into something good. I think you're touching on theme of the week. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I did like the fact you saw Yvonne Magruder. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, uh, she had it on her people bra. <laughs> And, and there was the fluffy dice as well. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> and obviously, the, 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 his uh, why do you think I was so late? And then his um, arm slapping up in the air, sex gesture, that made me quite laugh quite a lot. Um, I'm, all this is kind of around the same time um, with um, 
Lister's caviar vindaloo and his pint of Dom Perignon. Curry watch. F- Curry watch. Uh, yeah. 44 in a pint glass. In a way, a pint of. Would be in a pint glass, wouldn't it? Your caviar vindaloo, sir. But then I kind of. It made me think about what you had said about the previous week's episode about Rimmer's being quite a tragic character. Yeah, yeah. And the fact is that even though they're in this fantasy game, things start to go wrong for him um, and. He's, uh, his father then appears, and his then father calls him, uh, says you're a total smeghead. It was a really poignant moment, yeah. actually, wasn't it? I mean, the, the the soundtrack stopped, and there was this moment of silence as he was considering his dad being there, wasn't there, really? And, yeah. But then he did the, the joke, if you remember back to the future Echoes, when I said, oh, you should have called him a smeghead, that joke appeared here, didn't he? And that yeah. was the response. Mm-hmm. See, this is one of my bugbears, actually. you got a bugbear as well, you? i got a bugbear about that scene. Bugbear of the week. <laughs> but where he comes up and he says, and then he said, when he says, no, this is my idea, yeah, or the yeah. cat is mine, why Why was it cat? Because cat didn't have a problem or have any arguments to call, call him smeghead. So why did the cat thing, why was it the cat's thing to call him a smeghead? Oh, I think it was just a funny, funny one-liner, just, I think. I, I have to say I agree with Matty that bit stuck out for me I thought that we see as the episode continues Rimmer getting you know further further out of his depth but that was the first opportunity to see that that was it he yeah can't, he can't sustain um, this an actual fantasy an actual positive fantasy it has to go south and that was the first opportunity and then you know Cat jumps in and says no actually this bit's mine and you know, uh, uh, don't get We know. I like the cat saying this is mine, but actually, in that particular case, I didn't think it worked either. I no, I don't. Yeah, I, agree. I guess you could see it as a trigger to Rimmer not accepting nice things happening to him. So mm. it was all going well for him. Cat meddles and makes his dad say he's a smeghead or whatever, and then that's what sets him off to. Well, it's true. No one does like me. The cat did have a couple of good moments there. The cat's golf swing. <laughs> that was that was hilarious, and his I'm going to eat a little fishy. Um, that made I love me laugh. Fishing rod. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Catton is normally dressed absolutely ridiculously. I, I I just thought he was wearing a normal golf costume. Yeah, so, right. I so thought it was cool. a little outlandish. Stylishly, he's dressed stylishly. Lovely hat. It was a fetching hat. It reminded me of Super Grand, but apart from that, <laughs> but just yes. Super yes, grand. it did. did super yeah. grand. Hang about. Look out for super grand. But just to stay on the, the theme of the week as we started talking about it, I mean, that was the, the main thing, wasn't it, really? The, the, going back to the, the parents again with Rimmer, we had a letter from his mum calling him Rimmer. We had the disapproval of his father. We had all that self loathing that, yeah. com- that comes from parents potentially and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, and then his brain's rebelling. Yeah, fantasizing horribleness. Married to Yvonne Magruder with seven kids. Oh, that's funny. It's Magruder. She got pregnant. So this morning she made me marry her. And this afternoon we had seven kids. <laughs> and the fact that he's called Arnold Judas Rimmer. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed, but was quite shocked as well. No, I, I, as I was watching it down, I said, "Is that the first time they've said?" Judas? I think so. I, I really think so. Yeah, that's one of my he facts. Cat's girlfriend frightened me. The, um, the fish. mermaid Miranda, the fish, the fish with legs. It's mm. like I thought it's supposed to be the other way around. Well, that was, was the, that was a risque joke. There, yeah, I know it, it was, yeah. but it was just it was it was, it was horrible. <laughs> 
I do remember watching it as a kid and not really thinking about yeah. what they were talking about there. <laughs> and I think that, that just demonstrates it's a good joke because you can watch it as an innocent young child and it's just funny because it's a girl walking around with a massive fish on, on the top half. Um, and now we can watch it as dirty old men and um, appreciate it on another level. <laughs> I did notice something, though, when they first appeared on the beach when there was Tony Hawks was doing the welcome to better than life thing mm. him of the uh, talking uh, vending machine and Morris Minor and the Majors Marilyn Monroe and I was like oh my god that's Leslie Ash it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> no I was like I was like I'm convinced that's Leslie Ash Watch the end titles, mm. and it's actually Debbie Ash, oh, okay. who I googled, and it's Leslie Ash's, Leslie Ash's sister. Well, there you go. Yes, but I was—I thought it was Leslie Ash before she had her um, unfortunate yes. um, the mermaid lips. Yes, uh, I—you uh, can tell me that I'm wrong. There were a few things that I noticed in this episode, including uh, for the first—I noticed them for the first time, but they may have already been there. Have the Marilyn Monroe pictures been up in their bunk room the whole flipping time? Because I only noticed them first. No, time I don't think so. Time. I think they were there as a reference point for this. I that's, think that's what I thought. Yeah. That it made sense, unless I was just you know, this was the first time I'd noticed them. Mind you, and I also t- I saw that Rimmer had moved his. Remember the headlines from when uh, from Me Too? Yeah, on his uh, bunk. All yeah. the headlines, they're all now in his bunk. And again, they've probably been there ever since. That was the first time I noticed them. Well, that was well. only two episodes ago, wasn't it? True enough, it was. So that, that's not too long at all. And, and we don't know what order they were filmed in, necessarily. Uh, the little thing I noticed, I don't think I've noticed before. I mean, obviously we had the, the H from for the hologram on the chef's hat, mm-hmm. which I thought was a nice touch. But then there was a little mug at the end with an H on as well, on the table. I mean, you may not have noticed this, and but okay. there's a little mug with an I H on, which that. I quite liked. But oh. um, yeah, his dressing gown had his second technician stuff on which is a nice little touch all these little things that they do Magruder had a Magruder top you know and uh, you know I have to confess something um I did watch this episode a couple of weeks ago I have made notes that I can't actually remember what was going on this is is the game of the week yeah (laughs) okay it's a revelation it's the last it's the last note I've written Another letter, Rimmer, he's been promoted to navigation officer first class, mm-hmm. but he's still in the game. But yes. Okay. He, well, they come out of the game, or they think they've come out of the game, as they're, as they're going back to their quarters, Lister opens the letter, and it appears that he's become a, a first technician. Yes. But then he realises they're still in the game because he's such a loser. Right. So it's his okay. brain still rebelling against him. Basically, that's some gentle humour. <laughs> and also, if we're talking about the game and things. I think the game routine is very fitting, especially now because the game is mm. essentially uh, VR, yeah, virtual reality, which, as we know now, is becoming a huge thing. Indeed, yeah. I mean, slightly less sort of like you know electrode-y than than that was. Yeah. Well, we're not there yet. Taking into account this was written in the eighties, we we had a quick chat about this, didn't we? About where were we? computer game wise yeah. in the 80s films we'd had Total Recall that's what I was going to say to- like Total that. Recall was around about that, that same time I'm sure it wasn't a sort of like a new idea totally but in reality I mean I think I had an Atari ST at this point was the, about as far as it had progressed with some lovely games on I, I had an Amiga and I, I think you know the, the idea of virtual reality was probably on tomorrow's world so it wasn't an alien concept mm. 
uh, it just wasn't something that that we uh, that we had obviously ever seen. So you know they had the opportunity to, to put some flesh on the bones of an idea that we probably had some currency at that time. Virtual reality is not yet um, you know totally and universally available. Will it come um, attached to a bike helmet? That's what I want to know because mm. these are clearly bike helmets that they but, were using. But it was a, a good example of a science fiction thing that was when it was written. It was quite a way off in the future. This is not something we can do. And now thirty odd years on. We're approaching it, and it doesn't seem quite so alien. I, I no, it's becoming a lot more available now. I mean, I've got one right there on the sofa. Give it. No, I think it won't be that long, really, until something like that is a reality. People are working, likes of Facebook and things, are working on creating that right now. Mm. You know, the the way in a way you can put your headset on and walk around a room, but there's certain like moving platforms and things, so you can have that type of world well of course i mean if we're talking about bugbears of the week this is not a bugbear as such but it is as ever a massive topic which they've spent half an hour on but in fact they only spend 15 minutes on because it takes 15 minutes or so to even get into the game Mm. so then it's only the second half of the program that they're exploring these ideas so i think my point of view coming to it story-wise as much as i find the episode funny and enjoyed it for what it was they've got a wealth of things they could do and then they sort of rush through the things they're looking at I don't yeah. mean this as a big criticism as such, but it's all like, oh, there's so many things they could have done, but we get a few jokes and, and then it's done and dusted. Yeah. In fact, they do go into it more in the novels they write afterwards, so it, they do explore it a lot more, I think. Completely change the subject here, but I've got another little interesting fact that I found. I'm just changing the this subject. Be, this is becoming your contribution. This is my contribution now. Again, because I love reading these things. I find them quite interesting, right? So during filming, Craig Charles um, kept stalling the motorcycle that him and Cat oh, yeah, yeah. run away on. So um, he, at the end, is not the person riding the bike as it moves away from the camera. It's actually a cameraman who was on set, who was the only one who was able to drive the bike without stalling it. <laughs> so the person on the way at the end on the is a cameraman. Actually, on that bit, Becky felt a bit sorry for Rimmer when they turned around and put their middle fingers up at him. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Wait, it shouldn't be such a smeghead then, should it? He is a smeghead, but... It, so like, it does underline that Cat's part of the crew, as you, you, you made this point earlier, Matt, that, you know, oh, we're going to go and do this, we're going to go and do that. So, you know, Lister's now got someone effectively to play with. Yeah. A, that has corporeal form, but but actually somebody who he can have a laugh about a lot of the same things. Um, and, you know, clearly he that relationship with Rimmer is still absolutely crucial, but, you know, he's now got someone to muck about with who's not just going to tell him off and call him a goit and uh, all, all the rest of it. But then, of course, it, going back to the better-than-life thing, is, of course, in this game, Rimmer can touch and do things as he made the point well-known when he was talking about Magruder. Um, and that's the element they explore a lot more um, in the novels I think is that it would be so addictive if you're dead in a hologram and you can key yourself into this game you'd spend all your time there wouldn't you mm. I mean obviously it rebelled against him so he couldn't so that was a good reason to do that it would be very hard to see people not using this all the time mm-hmm. yeah. true so here we go getting a bit philosophical again I'm just looking through because I've got another bug bugbear here you should make your own notes I should shouldn't I? well I have, I've got notes I've got notes here um, so Rimmer of course, goes into the car and then there's his girl, that woman there next to him, that line. Why did, why was there not Craig Charles's girl that he liked? 
What's the name? <laughs> I'm just trying to think who's the best. What's the name? Christine? Kachansky. Kachansky, that's it. Why was Kachansky not in there? If it was he's picturing his perfect world, he spends ages trying to find her and find the hologram for her. Why did he not see her in there? I guess it's one of those avenues that is too much to explore, isn't it, really, at the end mm. of the day? Yeah, I suppose so. But uh, you're right, you're uh, right. It might have I been think... an idea and, and Claire Grogan might not have been available. Could have been. I think the other bit, they, you know, again, if they're using this as an episode to, you know, it's funny as in itself, but if they're using it as an episode to bring Cat more into it, make him more part of the crew, Cat's got nothing to do if uh, if Lister dreams up Chrissy Kachansky and, and just goes off and, you know, snogs her. That would be a fairly boring 15 minutes, I suspect. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I completely, you know, yes, it, Chrissy is everything to him but actually in that particular moment it's like let's just go muck about let's have a let's have a, uh, a caviar vindaloo let's let's go and play golf and, and all the rest of it so they could have gone that way i guess uh, they could have gone a lot of ways and as 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 Matt's, Matt's saying you know they created this game you can do absolutely anything and then we spend a little bit of time in it and that's fine but there's uh, yeah there's a there's a lot of places you could go with it absolutely and but at the end of the day too. it's a half hour sitcom it's that absolutely. just the same thing again yeah. Let's do some jokes. Let's create a scenario to make some jokes. And but with Red Dwarf, they happen to be throwing up quite a few interesting things to talk about as well. Mm. I think. Um, but but yeah, talking about the structure of the program. Yeah, again, it's spreading its wings, isn't it? We had people. We had other people again. They've gone on lo- location, location filming for the first time, yeah. which is was albeit nice. Wales. Maybe a, a, a crappy old beach, but. But yes, it was a location filming. I mean, God, there's a lot of odd people in that restaurant, wasn't there? Did you notice any of them? Yeah, very Doctor <laughs> all Who-y. sorts, all sorts going on in there. Yeah, yeah, it was very Doctor Who-ish to me. The the sort of the aliens and characters in they seemed very like Doctor Who reminiscent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially the fact they were filming in Wales. I mean, the uh, chances. Well, of, Doctor um, Who wasn't Wales then. Not no, was not, no, not no, then. No, no. I'll, I'll shut up. I shall. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in fact, Red Dwarf wasn't either, so that was Manchester, wasn't it? So, oh, so yeah. why they chose that, I don't know. Uh, another one, I, just another thing I'd like to point out is, is my you're my all time favourite fascist dictator. <laughs> yes, yes, that, yes, I, I really that was funny. Uh, and that's actually um, Rob Grant played that part. I think one of the writers. Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure, but I'm not sure if the if Doug Naylor was in the restaurant somewhere. I may have just okay. imagined him, but. Um, yeah, I don't think I've got too many more um, notes. I've got down rubber nuclear weapons being set off by the police. <laughs> yes, that was um, like I suppose equivalent equivalent of them police using plastic bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you never hear anything about these no. days. It was always you know. Well, it was rubber bullets, wasn't it? Uh, that was just, that you always hear about. In, I'm sure in, they used to. I'm, in, I'm sure they used to. They used to call them plastic bullets in um, on the news. Well, maybe that's what I can maybe remember. I'm thinking because I like the song the rubber, rubber bullets, bullets by NCC, yeah. 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 which is a tune. NCC yeah. called yeah. rubber bullets. Yes, absolutely. And then oh no, we don't get that. But I don't have too much more. I want to say we've said quite a lot already. I think. Is there anything you guys want to finish off with, Matt? No, thank you. All been <laughs> That was mentioned a couple of times. <laughs> Matty. Um, just the idea of if I ever think of caviar curry ever again, I'll be sick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nasty, nasty, nasty. But it's supposed to be like that. Yeah, it It's made, supposed to be disgusting. It made me gag. But yeah. And he thought it was... It, he, I never thought I'd get to eat anything so classy. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
and with the uh, with the champagne and stuff as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I, Rimmer had a, 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 a very funny line. I thought it's a very funny line. Uh, he's come back. He's talking to the boys about you know having uh, you know with Yvonne Magruder twice in one lifetime. I'm turning into Hugh Hefner. Just, you know, again, he's, if he, he judges himself by his own standards, and I just thought, yeah, he, he really enjoyed that. He's, yeah. But it's very good. So another good episode. Uh, lots to talk about, and uh, onwards and upwards, I guess. Yeah, because apparently there's not a bad episode ever to come now. I didn't say ever. I said for quite a while. For, oh, for quite a while now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I think we'll be the judges of that. Yes, we'll see. We'll I'm, see. I, I'm I think com- we will. I'm confident you'll, you'll continue to enjoy it for quite some time. Challenge accepted. So I, can't, I can't wait to see Crichton again. I hope he comes back soon. Oh, well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, guys. Well, time to say goodbye, so let's do the rounds. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. How'd you turn this off then? <laughs>